to start off our new year. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy new year. Good. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you're at least letting me know that. Glad to have those of you who are joining us uh, online. Uh, we know there's a lot who have been out of town with the holidays, some who are sick who can't be uh, here this morning, and so we're uh, just glad to have each and every one of you who are here. Uh, just remember that you can join us in any one of those platforms that you see on the screen there, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or our phone live streaming. Uh, be sure to share those with other people. Uh, we have cards that are in the windows here. If you want to take one of those to give to a friend, uh, just use it as, a, as an outreach tool to say, hey, uh, I'd like to invite you to come to church. And if they say, oh, I'm not ready to come yet, well, how about you just watch us maybe sometime uh, online? Because every, on every one of these platforms, you can go back and see the recorded services from uh, the previous Sunday. And so even on the phone live streaming, uh, where you call that number, uh, it'll pick up the last service that we recorded, uh, and you can be able to listen to that. So just want to encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity.
opportunity to invite people to come to church, uh, also uh, to share that with others who maybe they don't have good internet service, they could use the phone live streaming, uh, and then all of those different platforms that are a great resource there. If you are at home, encourage you to go to highlandbaptistchurch.com to our website. Uh, if you'll go there to the info tab, it's just a couple of tabs over. Uh, if you'll click on that info tab underneath, that'll be the prayer list for the week, uh, the newsletter uh, for this month. Uh, you can download that if you want. You may have already received that in the mail. Uh, also, you'll find today's worship guide uh, there, your bulletin, so be sure to download that uh, if you're at home so you can follow along with our service this morning. And then there are children's worship bulletins that go along with the sermon each Sunday that are listed there also uh, that you can download too. If you're here in person, those are in the window uh, over here to my right, so be sure to pick up one of those uh, when you go to Children's Church or at any other time uh, during the service. But we're glad to have everybody who's here. If you're a guest, uh, just want to remind you, encourage you uh, to pick up one of our bags on the side of the stage here at the back as you leave that way or out in the hall uh, behind us here near the offices. Pick up one of those as just a way to say welcome to you uh, and the, to say that we're glad to have you. It's got some things about our church and about our services as well as just some gifts that we want to give to you uh, to say welcome and glad to have you with us this morning. So, uh, Brother Mike, come and lead us in our hymn of worship. Well, in the words of Sarah Cannon, howdy, I'm glad to be here. Um, since we have a new start, a new year, I know for me, m my desire is to walk closer with the Lord, and uh, it's my prayer for you too that you can. So take your hymnals and turn to 448, join the choir as we sing Just a Closer Walk with Thee, 448. come to this time for our missionary moment, uh, we want to recognize Don and Linnell uh, Hamilton. They are serving in Kansas City. Kansas City bridges uh, two states. It's there uh, in Missouri and in Kansas, uh, and they live in a small Missouri town, uh, and, and uh, Don and Linnell uh, discovered a need for multi-ethnic churches where everyone could feel welcome. And so in the midst of COVID in 2021, they started a, a new church called uh, Veer Church in Kansas City, Kansas. 
And since then, God has been blessing them. But uh, the greatest thing that they're appreciative of uh, is our cooperative program uh, that is, uh, as they partnered with the North American Mission Board in starting this church, uh, we as churches all across, Southern Baptist churches all across uh, this state and across this nation uh, are part of wrapping our arms around them and loving them and supporting them and helping them to do the work there in Kansas City, Kansas. And so we just want to uplift Don and Linnell Hamilton as well as all of our missionaries uh, in prayer. Just to let you know, we had collected uh, 5,257 to date for our Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. You can still give to that if you want. Our our goal is 7,200, and so we encourage you so that we can reach uh, that goal to support those international missionaries. These are a couple of our North American missionaries, and we'll be emphasizing this later uh, as we get closer toward the spring with our Annie Armstrong Easter offering uh, with our North American uh, offering. And so uh, just know that every Sunday, though, as you give your tithes and your offerings, you're giving to support uh, these missionaries and keeping them uh, on the field as a percentage of our budget goes every Sunday uh, to support those missionaries. And so be in prayer uh, for these missionaries this morning as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wonderful grace and mercy that you have shown to us in saving us from our sins. Thank you, Lord, for the relationship that we have with you, not of our own works, but because of your grace and your mercy. And Father, I pray this morning that we will recognize and realize also that we have a great privilege and honor in sharing the gospel, not only locally here in Tullahoma, uh, but across this state, around this nation, and even around the world to places we would never, ever get to go to. And and so, Father, I thank you for the brilliance of a cooperative program uh, that every Sunday a percentage of our offerings goes to support those missionaries on the field, whether they're international or North American, and then these special offerings that we have uh, to help support those missionaries with our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Uh, Father, I just pray that you will bless us, that we might be a blessing to others, lay upon our hearts what we might continue to give to help us to reach that goal, and then later this spring with our, our Annie Armstrong Easter offering towards the North American missionaries. Father, we just pray for all of them. We pray for Don and Linnell Hamilton and ask for you to bless them right where they are serving there in Kansas City, Kansas. Bless them, Lord, as they continue to seek to share the gospel, as they reach out to love on people, to to make people feel welcome. And Father, I just pray that uh, you will use them to share the gospel with people uh, who are not saved and that your kingdom will continue to grow and to go forward in the days ahead. Thank you, Lord, for this new year that you've given us. It's all almost as if, Lord, uh, every year we have this clean new slate to start with. And Father, I pray that we would examine where we were this last year in our hearts and lives and that we would be faithful to to live in this coming year in 2022 more faithfully than we did uh, in the years before. Father, I pray that we will give more than we did before. And Lord, that we will tell others more than we ever have before also. So bless us this morning as we come to worship you and we ask your will to be done in Jesus' Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, you'll notice there are lots of announcements that are in your bulletins. Be sure to read uh, your bulletins. Uh, There's a lot of upcoming things. Uh, The church council meeting is coming up uh, on the 15th at 8.30 on a Saturday there. Just want to remind you of that to make plans to be there uh, for that. And then also don't forget your offering uh, this morning. You can give those in the offering plates here and the offering plate as you leave out the door this way or in the hallway here. Uh, You can also do your online giving, and we do have individuals who do that and use that. Uh, You can mail it to us at the address you see on your screen, uh, or you can go to highlandbaptistchurch.com, go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab, uh, and you can do your online giving there. Thank you so much for all of your giving uh, over this past year and for being faithful uh, with that. God has blessed that in the work here uh, at Highland Baptist, as well as, as we've said already, through our cooperative program around the world. So thank you so much for all of your giving, and we look forward to a great uh, year to come. Uh, Brother Mike, come and lead us in our next hymn. Isaiah 6, 8 says, Then said I, here am I, send me. Well, this next song, take your hymnals, if you would, and open to 486. Uh, It's not something that we sing a lot, but I love the song. I love the words, and, and you pay attention to the words, too. The title is, Lord, Here Am I. Join the choir, please.
reminder before our next song is that Children's Church will uh, be collecting over here on the piano side. So please take your hymnal next and stand with us as we sing 277. Take my life and let it be. <clears throat>
again thank the Lord he found us, that he saved us, he set us on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and verse 15 through verse 17. This morning, I wanted to share with you a message uh, about, as we begin this new year, a challenge, if you will. Uh, some of this in the beginning you'll uh, be reminded of if you read your newsletter uh, for this month. If you didn't read your newsletter, then this is all new for you. <laughs> Go back and look at the newsletter, and you can be refreshed of what I said this morning then. Uh, but if you'll take your Bibles, Ephesians 5, verse 15, down through verse 17. Let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore... Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you in prayer this morning, we thank you so much, Lord, for sending your son Jesus to come and to die on that cross for our sins. Lord, we understand and realize that the salvation that we have and experience is none of our own. It is totally dependent upon you. Father, we thank you for loving us when we were unlovable. We thank you, Lord, for saving us, uh, Lord, when we were in the, in the bottom of the pit of sin. And thank you, Lord, for uh, lifting us up out of that pit, for setting us on the path of righteousness for your name's sake. And, Father, I pray that we will walk in this new year in such a way that will bring honor and glory to your name as never before because the time that we do have is very short. It is very precious. So help us, Lord, to understand from this message that the time is now. The time is now for us to be saved. The time is now for us to serve. The time is now, Lord, for us to be faithful in your kingdom work and sharing the gospel and discipling believers more than ever before. Lead us to a blessed new year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. How many times in your life do you find yourself saying, I wish I had more time. A lot of times we say that. The funny thing about getting older is the longer you live, the more you find yourself saying that. You think back to the turn of the 20th century, there was a short poem that was published by Henry Twells, and it was entitled this, Time's Paces. And its message was uh, literally timeless. Here's what it said in that poem. When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I waxed more bold, time strolled. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still I daily grew, time flew. Soon I shall find in passing on, time gone. That's so true. You know, when we're young and we're in uh, school, we, we think it's never going to get here that day that I'm finally going to graduate and I'm going to get out on my own. It just feels like time is almost like standing still. But ask a lot of the gray-haired people in this congregation this morning if they feel time is standing still, and they would most certainly tell you no. It is flying by faster than ever before. You know, one thing we all know, and it becomes more relevant and real to us, is that the older we get is that time matters. It matters more and more the older you get because what you realize is you're running out of it. In fact, today it matters more than it ever has, but it wasn't always that way. 
Believe it or not, there was a time in our country where time didn't matter. Uh, before the invention of the, uh, of the train, before the locomotive and the railroad, time really didn't matter to anybody. But when the railroad was built, trains had to run on time, and all of a sudden, time was moved to the top of everyone's priority list. I mean, think about this. Uh, phrases that had never been used before came into existence after uh, the invention of the locomotive and, and the, uh, the uh, elevation of, of the time as being a priority. Phrases like this, time is wasting. Time's up, or the train is leaving the station. Never heard any of those things before. And that began to be heard all across the country. And now, as a result of that, now it's called Standard Time. You have Eastern Standard Time, Central Standard Time, Mountain Standard Time, Pacific Standard Time, and, and so on. And all of that came about because of the railroads. You see, before the railroads, everybody set their own time. One town could say that it was 4 o'clock, and a town five miles down the road could say it was 4.30 at the same time. It didn't matter. But then the railroads began to publish schedules. And for the first time in 1883, our country was divided into those four time zones, and time became very, very important. And the importance of time has increased exponentially since then. In 1790, less than 10% of Americans had a clock of any kind in their homes, and the vast majority of those didn't even have a minute hand on them. Now we go down to the seconds, and uh, until the end of the 19th century, nobody knew what even an alarm clock uh, was or, or what a wristwatch uh, was. Today we have computers and satellites and GPS receivers and, and telephone, telephone switching systems. All of that depends on a precise down to the very second measure of time just, the op, just to operate. I have time right here on my phone this morning keeping me on time. You have time uh, all around you. And so when it comes to our life, time, the time is always now. Our life is made up of time. And when time is up, life is over. That's why the most important use of your time is spending most of your time on what is most important. Thankfully, God has not left us to sort all this out on our own, uh, how we ought to spend our time and how we ought to live our days on this earth. He's given us some very specific advice uh, on the best way to use uh, every day, uh, the time that we have, and, and the best of every moment. And that's what we see in these verses we just read in verse 5 through verse 17. Anna Nalick said this in one of her songs. Uh, she said, life is like an hourglass glued to the table. If you're a country music fan, uh, Chris Allen Wallen and Casey Michael Bethard uh, said it this way in one of Kenny Chesney's songs that they wrote. Uh, it said, don't blink. Just like that, you're six years and you take a nap. And you wake up and, you find, and you're 25. And your high school sweetheart becomes your wife. Don't blink. You just might miss. Your baby's growing like mine did, he said, turning into moms and dads. Next thing you know, your better half of 50 years is there in bed, and you're praying God takes you instead. Trust me, friend, the song says, a hundred years goes faster than you think, so don't blink. I was glued to my TV when it looked like he looked at me and said, best start putting first things first, because when your hourglass runs out of sand, you can't flip it over and start again. Take every breath God gives you for what it's worth. Many of us knew Betty White and knew of her, saw her movies, saw the shows that she was in. Almost 17 more days would have been 100 years old. But the last day of 2021, time was up. You know, when you focus on an hourglass, which I brought one with me this morning, think about an hourglass as your life. There's only a certain amount of sand in an hourglass. And when the sand is gone, time is up. 
You only have a certain amount of time. And when time is up, life is gone. And just like the song said, you don't get the opportunity to flip the hourglass over and start again. It's done. It's finished. And and for so many uh, over this last year and the year before uh, thought... 70, 80 years would be their lifespan, and yet life was gone in their 40s and their 50s. I want you to see this morning from this passage from Paul, uh, how do we live so that we understand that for us, the time is now? How do we live in that moment so that every day of our life, we realize the preciousness of of time. Here's the first thing that I want you to get from this passage this morning is this. Be careful in how you see time. Be careful in how you see time. Remember, life is time and time is life. And no matter what circumstance you're in right now, you're living the time of your life. You only have one life and only a certain amount of time. And Paul gives this great advice. Go back to look at verse 15 with me, if you will. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. There's only two ways to spend your time, and that's either wisely or unwisely. So there are only two ways to live, wisely or unwisely. There's only two ways to spend your time, carefully or carelessly. There's only two ways to live uh, your life. Uh, so, so how do you see time? All over this world, on every continent, you can count on one person asking another person at some point in time the question every day, what time is it? What time is it? You might have even asked that this morning before you came to church. You might have asked that before you turned your computer on or your device this morning to watch us. What time is it? If you're careful in how you see time and wise in how you spend time, you'll understand that time is always now. God doesn't play favorites. God gives the same type of day to everybody. Everybody on the face of this planet has 20 four hours in every day. Doesn't matter if you're rich, doesn't matter if you're poor. Everyone gets 24 hours. The rich don't get 25 and the poor get 23. We all get the same amount. Have you ever noticed that there are some watches uh, that are extremely expensive? Uh, they, they, They cost six and seven figures. This is what you'll see on the screen here, one of a collection of four watches. Uh, But what makes these four uh, Turbillion watches so special, if you can go to the next screen there. What makes these four Turbillion watches so special is not just about the technology, it's about the out-of-world materials that they're made of. Each watch features a rare meteorite. Uh, There's Turbillion Mars that you see on the screen there. Uh, There's the Turbillion Rosetta Stone, the Turbillion Asteroid, and the Turbillion Moon, which is that one you see on the screen, and even closer uh, view of it here. It's actual parts of of the Jadad al-Harsirius 479 meteorite that had fallen from the planet Mars, uh, a fragment of the Sahara 99-555 meteorite, possibly from the planet Mercury, uh, the mysterious uh, Ikki uh, meteorite, uh, or as one of these also, the Dofar 459 meteorite fallen from the moon were used to create these watches suggestively called Meteoris, and the collection of these four watches cost $4.6 million. Who wants a watch like that? (laughs) I don't have one like that. Understand this. You can go over to Walmart, and you can purchase a watch for less than $10. This is on the Walmart website if you want one for $8.88. (laughs) You know they always have those 88-cent ones, the $8.88. You can go purchase that one for less than 10 bucks. But think about this. Those $4.6 million watches don't have any more time or any better time in any given day than the one that you're wearing on your wrist right now or the one that's less than $10 from Walmart. Let me shut mine off. (laughs) Someone's texting. 
Walmart is. <laughs> they're, saying, <laughs> they're saying, thank you for the plug there. <laughs> you know, because your phones are always listening, aren't they? You, you go home today and you're going to find Walmart watches on your devices <laughs> because they're listening to you today. Think about this. Have you ever said to someone that maybe had an easy job or, or someone who doesn't have to work a lot or maybe they're retired, have you said something like this, I wish I had as much time as you do? You ever said that? I've got news for you. If you did, you wouldn't have any more time than you do right now. If you're careful and you're wise, you'll see just how precious and just how powerful time is. You should be wise in how you spend your time. Uh, some of you do this uh, when I'm preaching anyway. <laughs> so don't do it now. You're looking at your watch. When's it going to be 1130 here? We're ready to go to lunch. <laughs> Every watch... Uh, ought to remind you of what a precious gift time is. Every day is a gift that's wrapped up in the platinum of God's love. Every second that you have is like a diamond and every minute is like an emerald and every hour is like a ruby. Time cannot be stopped. In a football game, and you think about this, you can call time out. We saw lots of timeouts over the last week in games. Time can't be stored, though. You know, they say time is money. You can put money in the bank, but you can't put time in the bank. Time can't be stretched. You can stretch a rubber band, but you can't stretch time. It can only be spent, and it has to be spent wisely. Just like a wise person handles their money wisely, a wise person handles their time wisely. And you may not know this, but, but one of the Psalms was written by a great Jewish leader, Moses. He did something that Paul is saying. He said something slightly different than the way Paul is saying it here. It's in Psalm 90 and verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. See, if you're wise, you realize your days are numbered and your number every, you'll number every day and you'll make sure that you live every day doing what's most important, doing what's wise. Don't worry, though. We're going to find out in just a moment here how to do that. Here's the second point. Be mindful of how you seize time. Be mindful of how you seize time. Be mindful of how you uh, see time, but then also of how you seize time. Once you see time the way you ought to see time, you'll begin to seize that time on a daily basis. That's what verse 16 is talking about when he says, making the best use of of the time because the days are evil. You can sum up that verse in two Latin words, carpe diem. You know what that word, those two words are, right? Seize the day. We have to be mindful in how we spend every day. The time we have today can only be used today. You can't use today's time tomorrow. And you can't go back and make up for the time that you lost even in the past. We know uh, we talk about saving time. We talk about making time. We talk about borrowing time. You can't do uh, any of those things with time. When it comes to time, you can't borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Whatever time you use today, it's gone forever. And the time you don't use today can't be carried over till tomorrow. That's why I want you to focus in on what Paul says that we should do every day of our lives. And it's this, making the best use of the time that you have. Uh, another version says it this way, make the most of every opportunity. If you put those two translations together... It shows us in one simple sentence the best way to make every day the best day that you can. And here's what it would say. Make the best use of time by making the most of every opportunity. Make the best use of time by making the most of every opportunity. Because those opportunities are going to pass you by and you will never, ever, ever get those again. Grandchildren grow. Children grow. 
they get older, you'll miss if you don't make the most of those opportunities you have to instill the truths of the Word of God in those children when they're little bitty babies, when they're little toddlers, and to show them and to tell them that God loves them. You will miss those opportunities, and by missing those opportunities, you will miss making the best use of time. Good news is that most of us have a desire to make the best use of our time. The bad news is that most of us don't do it. That phrase, making the most of every opportunity or, or, or making the best use of time, is an accounting term in the scriptures. And so what God wants us to know is you get, he, he wants you to get the full value out of your time. He wants you to get the biggest bang for your buck in every minute that you live. And the way that you do that is to understand the two words used here, opportunity and time. In ancient Greece, there were statues everywhere. In fact, one ancient writer said there were even more statues than people at one point. If you were to walk into Athens, Greece, you would see one statue in particular. It was a statue called Opportunity. It was a vivid illustration of how opportunity works in our lives. This statue was of a person who had long flowing hair in front of his face, but he was completely bald in the back. And the message of this statue was this. When opportunity is coming towards you, you can grab it. But if you let it pass, you can never grab it again. That's what time is. And that's what every day is. It's an opportunity for you to do your best, to be your best. In fact, the English word opportunity comes from the Latin phrase ab portu. In the days before modern harbors, ships would have to wait until uh, the, the, the tide, the flood tide came in uh, for them to make it into port or else the ship would run aground. And, and that Latin phrase, opportu, referred to that moment in time when the tide would turn. In other words, the captain would wait for that window of opportunity to open. And he knew this, if he missed it, he couldn't dock the ship until another tide came in. When you make the most out of every opportunity, you're making the most of time. The problem for us is we don't get to wait for another tide to come in. It's gone. The opportunity's gone. Just like the sand in this hourglass continues to flow through. Life and time continues to move on. But the word time is, is, is really fascinating also. We only have one word for time in the English, but in the Greek, there were two words. One word is the word chronos, which refers to clock time or calendar time. It's where we get our word chronology from. And, and chronos is, is sequential. That is, it's past, present, and future. It's always moving in one direction. Chronos is what we have invented as human beings. It's how we measure time. But remember, God is outside of space and time. You can't put God on the clock because he doesn't have one. Here in this passage, the word time is, is the word chaos. It refers to the opportune time. So chronos counts minutes. Chaos captures moments. It's a critical moment in time. It's an opportune time. You see, God wants us to understand that no matter what time you think it is, the time is always now. So often we say, well, I'll wait till tomorrow to do that. Or I'll wait till next year to do that. The time is now to say the right word. The time is now to do the right thing. The time is now to live the right way. That's why wasting time is wasting life. Because time is what your life is made of. Listen, by killing time, you don't kill time. Time kills you. And when you're killing time, you're killing yourself. And so let me make this as plain as we can. It's important that you spend time on what's most important. Now, I can't say what that is specifically for each one of you, but I do know generally what that is for all of us. And that's why I'm saving the best for last. We're told something that we have to do. 
And if we do, we'll live with a minimum of regrets. And we'll look back and we'll see a life that has been well lived and time well spent. Here's the third point. Get this one if you don't get anything else. Be purposeful in how you spend time. Be purposeful in how you spend time. So literally the ball is in your court. How do you want to live your life? Wisely or foolishly? Carefully or carelessly? Uh, There's one surefire way to know the difference, and there's a foolproof way to know that you understand that time the time is now and that you're living life to the fullest and to the best. Because Paul begins the very next statement in the very next verse, and notice the word that he uses in verse 17. Therefore, therefore, anytime you see that word therefore, you ought to ask yourself, why is that therefore there? It's there because of the previous verses where he just told us to look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, he says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so in, in light of the fact there that we now see time the way we ought to see time and that we've already understood from our second point that we're going to seize time the way that we ought to seize time, he says what he says here in verse 17, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Paul has told us what to do with every single day of our life if we want to live the time of our life. And that is the Lord's will, the will of the Lord. The wise way to live life is inside of God's will. And the foolish way to live life is outside of God's will. So understand this, this is a command. This is not a suggestion. It's not a request. Whatever God commands you to do, you can do. So the good news is you can know God's will for your life. If he wants, you to, wants us to know his will, then it stands to reason that God uh, wants to reveal his will to us. He, he doesn't play games with us, if you will, uh, with his will. He doesn't play hide and seek. God has a will for us to do and a plan for us to fulfill. Now, most of God's will for your life has already been revealed to you. Where's it been revealed, you're saying? Right here in God's Word. So that's why you need to be in God's Word. If you were to make any kind of New Year's resolution, I would encourage you to spend time in God's Word because God's Word is sharper and powerful than any two-edged sword. God's Word renews our minds and our hearts. God's Word uh, is a lamp unto our path that leads us in the path of righteousness. It's that lamp unto our feet and that light into our path. So, so stand, stick into God's Word. Get into God's Word. Read God's Word. Listen to God's Word. Listen to others. Others communicate God's word. Get a devotional and study God's word. Pray God's word. When you begin to do that, you'll begin to see, oh, wait a second. There is his will I see for my life. Every command in the Bible that is applicable to us today is God's will for us to obey. Every promise in the Bible that applies to us It is God's will for us to believe. So I can give you some specific examples of God's will, and I will this morning. It's God's will that we stand pure. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3 says this, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That's the will of God. It's God's will that we share Jesus. First, first Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and verse 4. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's God's will that we stay joyful and prayerful and thankful. As he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16, 17 and 18, rejoice always. That's a command. 
Pray without ceasing. That's another command. Give thanks in all circumstances. Another command. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We could go on and on and on. It's God's will that all of us support his work financially. It's God's will for us to make the gospel known. It's, the, the, there are two things, understand, that you'll never get to do again the moment you die. There are two opportunities that will totally pass you by the minute you draw your last breath. You'll, you'll never get another opportunity to give any money to God's work. And you'll never get another opportunity to share the gospel with anybody who's lost. How about those areas of life that aren't specifically mentioned in the Bible? How about those difficult decisions that we have to make day to day in certain situations? There are two questions that are always involved in finding God's will. One is our question and one is God's. Our question is always to ask of God, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? If you're here this morning and you've never trusted by faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you're watching there online, and you ask that question, God, what is it you want me to do? The very first thing that comes is I want you to trust in my son, Jesus, as your Lord and Savior. That's the very first step for any of us, is to become saved. And then secondly... Uh, you'll notice here in, in these questions, here's our, our question is, God, what do you want me to do? His question is always this. Will you do what I want you to do? Will you do what I want you to do? Now, let me tell you what we tend to do at this point most of the time. We try to play a game with God, and it's called you go first. We want God to tell us what he wants us to do first, and then we'll decide whether or not we want to do it. There's a problem with that because God never goes first. God's light will always stay red until your light turns green. God wants you, in essence, to sign a blank page, and then he fills in all the details. That may mean leaving a boyfriend that may mean staying with your wife or your husband. It may mean taking another job. It may mean refusing another job. It, it may mean that you've got to commit beforehand that you're going to do what God wants you to do, even if you don't know specifically yet what that is. You know why that's important? It's only when you're doing what you know that you ought to do, what you ought to be doing today, that you can know God's will for tomorrow. If there's any area of your life right now where as a believer you are disobeying God today, what makes you think that he would let you know what you need to do tomorrow? You're not even doing what you needed to do today. If you want to be practical, look at your financial life. Look at your marital life. Look at your social life. Look at your sexual life. Look at your moral life. Look at your ethical life. And if you're not willing to do what you know already God wants you to do, why do you think God would bother telling you what you don't know to do? Let me tell you what I do know about your time and about your life. God will give you all the time he wants you to have to live the life he wants you to live. He'll give you the very hours, the very minutes, the very seconds to the very end. There's enough time in every day to do everything that God wants you to do and to do it well. Now, there may not be enough time in the day to do everything you want to do. But God's will for you every day is to do what he wants you to do. There will always be enough time every day and in every life to do what God wants you to do. If you don't have enough time, keep this in mind. Jesus accomplished everything God wanted him to do in just three years. If you want to say the whole of his life on this earth, 33 years. In J.R.R. Tolkien's book, and even in the movies, The Lord of the Rings, 
uh, you remember Gandalf. Gandalf said this, and, and J.R.R. Tolkien writes this in his book. He says, we cannot choose the time we live in. We can only choose what we do with the time we're given. And that is so true. So many have ended their lives with these last words. So much time wasted. I had a gentleman at a church where, where I first accepted uh, the call to preach at and had been serving there in that church for several years afterwards, not in any staff position, just serving in, in God's work there. And I remember one Sunday, this elderly gentleman came to me and he said, I wish I had given my life to the Lord when I was younger like you. I wasted so much time. Don't come to the end of your life and say those words or realize those words. So much wasted time. I want you to remember this. Time is very, very short. Eternity is very, very long. James describes it that this life is just like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. So what you do with your time in this life will determine the eternity you spend in the next life. Any time you spend without Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, understand this, it is wasted time. You only have one life to live, and it will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ, that will last. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as time comes to the end of this message and this service, Father, we know that time flew by in 2021. It seems like we just began it a couple of months ago. Now it's gone. And what do we have to show for it in our lives? Lord, I pray that we would examine our hearts even this morning and that we would first and foremost realize that if we don't know Christ, may we just call out to him right now and say, Dear God, I want to start this new year. I want to start fresh with you. I want Jesus in my heart and my life. So I come this morning recognizing I'm a sinner. And I call out to you, Jesus, to come into my heart and to save me from my sin. I trust in what Christ did for me on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Jesus, come into my life and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, I pray that if there's someone who's repented of their sins and prayed something like that in their heart this morning, may they come to publicly profess that faith in Christ. But Lord, there are many of us who are here already as believers. We've already trusted in Christ as Savior. There are those who are watching online who they've already done that. But Lord, as we look back over this last year of 2021, Lord, I pray we would examine our hearts and our lives. Where were we one year ago spiritually in our walk with you? And to look at, Lord, where we are today, are we any further down the road spiritually in our walk with you than we were back then? Or have we gone backwards? Have we become more unfaithful? Father, I pray this morning that as we have looked into the mirror of your word, Lord, that we would realize that time is passing us by. It is wasting our life. And Father, I pray that we would make the most and the use of every moment that you give us. We give everything to you, Lord, before our time is gone. We know, Lord, you've told us in your word, it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Lord, none of us know when the, when the grains of sand are going to finish running through the hourglass of our life. For some, it may be 30 minutes. For others, it may be 30 years. For others, it may be even longer than that. But Father, I pray this morning that we would realize we need to see time in the proper way and we need to seize the moments and the opportunities of time before they pass us by. And Lord, we need to live in the truth of your word and to live every moment that we have for the sake of Christ and the gospel. Use us, Lord, in this coming year. Lord, whatever decisions need to be made in this invitation, maybe you've been working in Psalms, heart, and life to, to come and to join this fellowship, Lord, and to, see, to help us to, to press forward into your kingdom work right here in Tullahoma.
Father, I pray that you'll help them to take that step even this morning. Others, Lord, who, who maybe you're working on to become saved, may they come. Others, Lord, who just maybe need to come to the altar or maybe right where they are, they need to call out to you and say, God, forgive me for wasting the time you've given me. Lord, I commit this morning to use the time in this coming year to the best I can to bring glory to your name before that time is gone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Mike, come and lead us in our hymn of invitation, number 285. As we stand, as we stand. Good morning. Powerful sermon, Brother Jim. Uh, personal testimony. Time caught me this year when my daughter started high school, and I wondered where the first 14 years had went to. Regular activities begin again Wednesday night, but there'll be no evening service. Happy New Year. Wade Hall, my brother-in-law, will be having his heart valve repaired on Thursday, January the 6th at St. Thomas Hospital. So if you'd please keep him in your prayers. Arthur Hargrove, a member of our church, he lost a grandson last week. The grandson's name was David Mack. David's parents were David and Terry Hargrove of Florida. Please keep this family in your prayers. Barry Sargent also lost a cousin that was very close to him. So keep Barry's family in your prayers. Don Darden, who was a member of our community and also a deacon at another here Baptist church here in town, he passed away suddenly Wednesday, so let's keep that family in our prayers. So a lot of people mourning losses, and a lot of people in hospitals. We had a youth lock-in Friday night. I want to thank this church for supporting not only this lock-in, but all our youth activities this church does. Uh, we had a time of praise, a time of praise, uh, prayer, and a time of fellowship. Our kids were well behaved. They had a great time and a great time of worship. So thank you as church for supporting our youth. And I had a minister tell me one time it's a new year. He said we serve the God of new seasons, new semesters, and new years. So let's try to serve the good Lord this year and walk with him daily. Now let's join me for a word of prayer. Most gracious Lord, thank you for this time we can come into your house, Almighty God, and study your word and praise your holy name. Thank you for this country that we live in, Almighty God. Be with each one of these prayer requests that have been mentioned. 
Heal those that are mourning. Heal those that are sick, dear Lord. Be it the doctors and nurses, they perform surgeries, dear Lord. Just thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. We ask you to be with us each day of this new year. Amen.